Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. We are a born free and equal free to walk and free to talk. Don't discriminate, learn to appreciate, so you don't have to imitate. Don't be the one to hate. It's never too late. You got the right to life. Innocent to prove it guilty, you can say what you like. Gotta get the education. Don't throw it away. Know your human rights, 'cause it can help you someday. Welcome to the Born Free and Equal podcast with United for Human Rights, Hub Hopper, and Raindrop Media as media director. I'm your host, Fraser Scott, international ambassador for United for Human Rights, speaking to a country hoping that the second COVID wave will be the final wave goodbye to a disease that spread so much misery. But today we're waving hello to somebody who spread so much joy, an actress. Educationalist and humanitarian, starring in such films as Rockstar, Hindi Medium, and Dil Bachara, a Times of India Woman Debutante Performer Award winner and IMDb's Breakout Star of the Year winner, Sanjana Sanghi. Hey, welcome, Sanjana. Oh my God! Thank you, thank you, Sheena and Fraser. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I'd also like to welcome the South Asia Ambassador for United for Human Rights, an actress who spread awareness of and education in human rights to over 170 million people, and who was given the Hero Award at the United Nations in New York. Sheena Chauhan. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> and welcome, Sanjana. You're a superstar. You know, I have been doing my homework on you, but I don't know if I'll ever be able to do homework quite like you because the way you did your homework earned you a gold medal and <laughs> and an honorable mention from the Minister of Education for coming in the top zero point one percent of the country. Oh my God! Oh, and my you, God. yeah, and you did that in the same year that you won the lead role in Dilbechara and all this while interning at the BBC, Viacom. And the Ministry of External Affairs and Narendra Modi's Invest India. Wow, very well done. <laughs> Thanks, Sheena. Thank you so much. Yeah. So for somebody with an academic record like yourself, I'm doubly impressed that you had the insight to choose as your human right to discuss the right to play. Okay, no more playing around for us. Let's get down to doing our homework and see that we can win another gold medal. So Article Twenty Four of the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights states. that everyone has the right to rest and leisure including reasonable limitation of working hours and periodic holidays with pay and the constitution of india article 39 states that the state shall ensure children are given equal opportunities and facilities to develop a healthy manner and conditions of freedom and dignity the indian government signed into law the united nations convention on the rights of the child and so is legally bound to uphold and promote the following right article 31 through laws policies and action countries 
who are members of the United Nation recognize the right of the child to rest and leisure to engage in play and recreational activities appropriate to the age of the child and to participate freely in cultural life and the arts providing appropriate and equal opportunities for cultural artistic recreational and leisure activity This is from the United Nations. Right. Thank you so much, Sheena. It makes it clear that the UN, the Indian Constitution and the Indian government are pretty serious about play. So, Sanjana, why did you choose this right? First of all, I I can't tell you how happy I am to be here. I think that it's just really beautiful that we have platforms like yours to discuss things like these and it's rare. So, thank you. Coming to I think why right to play just struck out to me Fazer is I remember as a political science student and one that was very very passionate about the subject when I used to dig into the fundamental rights every time I read about the right to play it was the only one that I instantly you know when you feel like something was almost written for you it's one of those it's the most human human right according to me I it it instantly touches upon the most basic yet the most forgotten aspect of what is important to us and that's why it struck out to me because i've been the kid who's only and only benefited from being able to dwell and indulge in cultural life and an artistic life beyond the realms of what we're meant to do academically and i wouldn't be even 10% of who i am as an adult today if it weren't for those experiences and and an environment that allowed me to do that so its importance is something that i think i didn't know consciously while growing up but now as almost a 25 year old when i look back i realize that it was at play wow it's very interesting you say that because i i realize when you're saying that that you're doing all of this study you're academically excelling and then you go into the arts and you play and so you've really seen both sides and what is acting apart from play and also though it's really really wonderful to see how much work you've been doing uh, to care for people in what they've been going through with the pandemic yeah and like you said that what is acting if not play we are play acting just as human beings even all the time but while even with Fraser and Sheena with the children that I've been working with right for the last 7 years whether it's in smaller NGOs in in Delhi yeah. which is my hometown or when I've had the opportunity to travel to different college campuses what we've always ended up really harping on has always been the vocational aspects what's connected us has always been the music they play or listen to or the sport that they excel at or like to watch even if all of us say were academically brilliant or mediocre but it is these elements that made us mm. unique and many of us with the children that i've been working with in specially delhi who go to smaller sometimes municipally run schools for example don't get the chance to even discover that for themselves that they It's have powerful. a voice that makes them sound melodious nobody's ever urged them to discover that voice 
it's like a bird yeah. not having wings. And when that bird finally discovers its wings, what a joy. You know, Sanjana, when I was in Calcutta, I grew up there and I was in a day school and I spent most of my time going, studying, coming back home. Pretty boring life. And then I went to a boarding school in Shimla, the Lawrence School, Sanawa. Oh, yeah. And my, my life changed and everything I am today because of the amount of play as in like I got into playing the violin, I got into theater, I got into all these different aspects of I got like I became a brown belt in karate and that education helped me to be who I am to face life. So that what you're saying, I'm just validating that because that is the right to play or the play we have in as a part of the educational system really molds us to be who we are. So 100% right entirely yeah and what it also does is that it makes you realize that when you take the pressure off by allowing the right to play by truly implementing it in an institution for example like you went to Sanawa I went to modern school which I truly believe is a model for how you can just let a child be because there were classrooms that had wonderfully empathetic teachers that were willing to teach us. There was attendance that had to be kind of met with, but there was never, you know, cutthroat pressure that if you don't attend every single class in the year, you will see that reflecting in your report card. And that's the only way I was able to study and also be a Kathak dancer or learn jazz or be a debater. Because I knew that when I'm going back to class, I'm going to be able to say that, sorry, ma'am, I was rehearsing for that tournament that we're going to be representing our school at. And this is true education. I, Fraser, like I said, at that moment, did not know that this is coming from the desire for a human right to be implemented in the right way. That's a learning in hindsight for me. Brilliant. Fraser, if you think Sanjana did her homework to earn her gold medal, what she's been doing for our country should earn her a golden crown. Sanjana is actually a youth advocate for Save the Children. She's a youth champion for SOS Children's Village India, a hope empowerer for Teach for India. She's a cause ambassador for Find a Bed. And for not less than seven years, she has volunteered for Arohan NGO a speaker as a part of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and has even worked with UNICEF. Speaking of which, on the right to play, UNICEF says that play and recreation is vital to children's development and through it, children acquire social skills and develop creativity and innovation, ability to negotiate and care for others and the ability to establish, understand and abide by rules. And an important part of play is that children must be free to create their own activities and games without adult control. And UNICEF further stated that government action is needed to ensure, number one, that within the school timetable, there is enough time each day for children to play without adult control or organization of their activities. Number two, safe spaces must be created in the local environment where children can play independently. Particular attention needs to be given to enabling children with disabilities to be able to access such spaces. And number three, professionals must be appropriately trained on the right to free play and its importance for a healthy development of children. Mm-hmm. Number four, there must also be awareness raising for parents on the role of free play in children's development. And number five, lastly, children in institutions, whether these be childcare, healthcare institutions or prisons, must be given opportunities to engage in free play on a daily basis. 
And to back up UNICEF's points, Professor of Education Usha Ajit Kumar Malakandya's Mumbai study showed that only 30% of parents see that play improves the ability to think and that although parents and teachers know the importance of play, they do not seem to realize the value of play in developing the whole child, including its intelligence. Thank you, Sheena. Listening to you has definitely developed my intelligence. So, <laughs> so Sanjana, what are the main issues facing the country today regarding the right to play? Oh, wow. That is a loaded question for sure. I think within the way that Sheena just also described how the right to play is supposed to be looked at lies the issue as well. And I think for India, that's where the problem is at, which is that the confidence, the faith to let children engage in play without adult control doesn't exist enough. To let them, if one hour has been put aside in even the school schedule or the post-school schedule for that parents give, I, in my experience, and, and I've also traveled and worked with different schools enough to know that adult intervention is almost ubiquitous. It's found almost everywhere, which ends up creating a pressure out of even playtime, according to me. So I remember that while I just described school the way I did to you guys, that we could dance or sing or play a sport, there were also that micro group, right, where while we could dance and play, there were enough parents who made that dancing and singing as much of a competitive pressure on the child to win that competition and be the captain of that sports team that what was meant to be recreational ended up being something completely the opposite and so that's one aspect of it and then the second aspect is really that our struggle with access to basic education is so severe we just a stat that as I'm working with Save the Children, we're working on getting girls back to school post the pandemic because the rates at which dropouts are happening are alarming. There are 10 million girls that are on the verge of dropping out of school post the pandemic in India. And that scares me because along with their right to education, their right to play is just a byproduct that will be taken away from them. They will be forced to grow up much sooner probably get married and probably get swallowed into domestic chores long before their minds and personalities could develop. And so now we're faced with the challenges that the pandemic brings with it. But I think even if we were having this conversation two years ago, there was still such a big struggle with basic education that then just spills over into the right to play. Because honestly, in a lot of my learning, we've realized that it's also indulgent a lot of people still look at it as indulgent, as something that can be compromised. Right. And it's absolutely something that can't be compromised because everything comes from it. But on both sides, the education side and the play side, they really are hand in hand. And 
I think it's interesting for parents to see you, someone in the top 0.1%, backing play as important and to see that somebody who puts so much effort, attention, dedication into the arts managed to come right at the top. And, and w- would you say that that was part of your success? Do you think that if you didn't have that balance that you still would have done so well academically? Absolutely not. 100% not. My relationship with the arts, I've always seen them as so symbiotic, both academics and arts, whether it was dancing or acting. And I tell everybody this a lot of people ask me today that you were so good academically how come you chose to become an actor and I can't begin to explain how my experiences in my academic journey the friends you make the professors you get to become such close friends with so many times the trips you go on and the mistakes you make those are the things that make you the person that you are and ultimately allow you to tell stories that are beyond your immediate world. So the entire point becomes that they're all interdependent. And if we become unidimensional is a high possibility when you take play out of any scenario. Sorry, what does that mean? Unidimensional? By unidimensional, I mean that being being unilateral in a way that you're driven by a singular motive or a singular passion. And I don't mean that being multidimensional means that you're good at everything. It just roots into curiosity and a desire. Even if it's just about wanting to know what it feels like on a hot summer afternoon on the tennis court. Even if you aren't Roger Federer yourself. But just getting out there. And I used to do this. My elder brother was the captain of our school tennis team. And I was horrible at tennis. But I would just... I think it was wanting to be him or wanting his experiences. I would just go wear my tennis skirt and take the racket. And make the ball fly out of way out of court. But even that, just... I remember it as something that... I remember learnings from it. Mm, yeah, well, absolutely. That's just really powerful. So you're saying that they feed into each other ultimately. And the other point you made was very, very important about COVID and basically what we need to deal with now because there's so many people who just can't do what they want to do. Oh, like Sanjana's loudly popping me. I have to bring this in, you know. Yeah, Sanjana gave a TEDx talk about her relationship with fear and how her father pushed her into the dance academy, Fraser, where she was terrified about performing a Kathak dance. But when she overcame that fear, it led her into a deep love for an art form which she could not have if she hadn't faced that fear. That's all very nice, but what's it got to do with a loudly popping knee? Well, I don't know. All I can hear is a loudly popping British human rights ambassador talking. (laughs) (laughs) But jokes aside, you know, it was after 10 years of dedication to her craft that Sanjana's knee loudly dislocated, which prevented her from continuing in Kathak, which is similar to the frustrations of people all over the country now, not being allowed to do what they want to do. And as children very naturally want to play, let's just quickly take a look at the United Nations general comment, which says member states, including India, number one, need to create time and space for children to engage in spontaneous play, recreation and creativity and to promote societal thinking that supports and encourages such activity. Children benefit 
from recreational activities involving adults, including voluntary participation in organized sports, games and activities. However, the benefits are reduced, particularly in the development of creativity, leadership and team spirit. If controls by adults get in the way of the child's own efforts to organize and conduct his or her own play activities, rest and leisure are as important to children's development as nutrition, housing, healthcare and education. Thank you, Sheena. This comment from the UN is something it's easy to forget, but it's vital for our survival. So Sanjana, why is it important people are aware of and stand up for the right to play? It's important that they're aware of it so that from the very start of uh, a child's life, and when I say this, I'm thinking just from a parent's perspective, right? If you're aware of the right to play, there are so many decisions that you will make for the kind of life your child should live and the kind of parent that you want to be that will actually allow for all the advantages that are supposed to come out of this right to be a reality. So awareness, I feel, needs to come first from the ones that are kind of navigating our life till we're capable of doing it ourselves. And that links me back to, like, if I were to just think about it in terms of my own life, my dad and my mum, mum was strictly, she was average academically, never was too inclined towards it. Her parents never forced her too much to study. And my dad used to play a lot of cricket and hockey, which in India is our national sport, while being a student of medicine. So I hear all of these stories about how it was mom dancing on stage that made him fall in love with her when she was barely 12 years old and he was four years older to her. So it's this overly filmy, uh, romantic love story. And for them, love was always a part of play as well, which I didn't even understand what that meant. But love is friendship and friendship is a part a huge component, according to me, of our right to play. It's something that comes out of the ability to indulge in recreational activities or uh, artistic endeavors. Some of my strongest friendships have come out of my moments on stage. My cast members uh, or my fellow dancers are some of my closest friends because you connect at a level that is beyond just the normal. There is too much that brings you together when you're collectively passionate about something and in the same way love and friendship are a huge component that my parents discovered and so they made sure that my brother and I see that so I feel I've at some points maybe toxic productivity has been an issue for me because I just used to kind of run away from things that were bothering me by just kind of going headlong into one achievement oriented thing after another And it's actually always been my parents who pulled me back and been like, no, go and watch that movie with your friend today evening because it's Saturday and you don't need to be writing your debate that you have to do on Wednesday the next week in school. And that's where I feel that it starts from parents, you know. So important. It's so super, super important because one of the first things that you said was awareness. And you see, the thing is, it's about breaking a pattern because there's so many patterns that we carry on from our parents who got it from their parents and their parents. 
And one of the ways you snap that pattern is awareness. So you never know there's people listening to this now who didn't realize that it's actually not beneficial to just work, work, work. And actually that intelligence comes from having a balance. Now, when you hear that, and especially when you hear it from the United Nations, then Mm -hmm. that can create a change. And you were lucky. You had parents who, because of this beautiful love and this beautiful chemistry, and they have a, a real healthy relationship, that they were able to give that health that they naturally have onto you. And that then has blossomed into excelling. And another thing is that it's about repeating a message. Here we are, we're we're communicating a message from the United Nations, which is saying that it's very, very important to allow a child free play, not controlled. And if enough people speak about it loud enough and often enough, then it gets through. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Sanjana knows about speaking loudly enough. She's performed on songs by A.R. Rahman and Guru Randhawa that have been seen and heard by billions of people. Sanjana, we we had two of your directors on the show, Sakit Chaudhary, the director of Hindi Medium and the director of Rockstar. Right. And when Imtiaz came on, we talked about the iconic song from Rockstar, Sadda Haq. And it seemed to me that the song could actually be an anthem for the children of today crying for their right, don't you think? 100%. 100%. In fact, I was only 13 when we were filming Sadda Haq and while I was on that set. But four years later, I went to college and to Delhi University. And Delhi University is, us kids there are, our environment is such that we're very, very aware of our rights. And we also, through theater, through sport, we kind of try to spread awareness. And Sadahak was the anthem. It was our guiding force. And such a big reminder that music in popular culture is our companion in our realization and understanding of our own human rights. I I hadn't realized it so clearly ever before, Sadahak. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, is as deep as he can be, but he communicates everything so simply and powerfully that it impacts the society. In fact, he was there for our event we did on the Human Rights International Day on the 10th of December. We had a big event and he spoke about the freedom of expression. So that was wonderful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So let's take a look at the challenges the United Nations says have to be overcome for children to achieve this right. Number one, lack of recognition of the importance of play. Play must be recognized for its value in development, allowing children to play out their fantasies just as much as playing sport, including for older children, who should be allowed to meet with their friends to explore their emerging independence. Number two, unsafe environments. Children need access to safe spaces to play where the younger ones can still be watched by parents or where the older ones are safe from negative aspects of society. Number three, resistance to children's use of public spaces. Children need equal access to public spaces to be tolerated for their noise levels and not given too strict rules of acceptable behavior. Children and teenagers need to not be seen as a threat and dialogue should be opened up between older and younger generations with the aim of providing them with the space to play. And number four, balancing risk and safety. While children must not be exposed to harm, some degree of risk and challenge is a necessary part of play. A balance is needed between taking action to reduce hazards and empowering children to take the necessary precautions to enhance their own safety. Number five, the lack of access to nature. 
Childhood play and leisure in nature should be encouraged as it helps cope with stress, inspires spirituality and encourages care for the environment. Play in natural settings also contributes towards agility, balance, creativity, social cooperation and concentration. Number 6 pressure for educational achievement. Academic target should not be used as a reason to reduce a child's leisure and rest time as that will negatively affect the child's personality and even intelligence. And lastly, number 7 overly structured schedules so children should be allowed time to direct their own activities and time where they are free of any demands even to do anything they choose and focusing all of the child's leisure time into programmed or competitive activities can be damaging to his or her own well-being thank you sheena it's really eye opening especially coming from the united nations i wish that i could pin this to the wall of my old school Oh my god, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sanjana, what can be done to realistically make the right to play a fact? Is there anything you've done or seen done that's been effective? You know, Fraser, it's uncanny that as Sheena just ran us through all that she did, we speak of access to nature, we speak of overly structured schedules and academic targets that are so pressurizing which are so many of the things we mentioned right at the start as well naturally as observations that i've had just growing up right when i mentioned that there were certain parents who made it about becoming the captain of the tennis team and it being about that or being the best dancer for example i actually had this amazing opportunity to spend about 10 to 12 days in a small bhutanese village called pang bisa which is above paro at a school which is one of the few schools in the world that focuses on education that's equally split inside and outside the classroom and on paper that sounds achievable interesting so when they wanted to have me i was like sure how good can it be but guys like those 10 days what completely i think it was one of the most powerful moments i've had in this very curious relationship that i've had with what can we do to make students and kids the best versions of themselves some a journey that i'm still on and trying to find answers but up there in the himalayas i saw that children were not being told that they have to be in class 5 out of 5 days they were told that they have to be in class 3 days the other two are free for them to choose whichever and how many ever activities that they want to do there's stuff available there's a basketball field there's a football field there's a pottery class but you're not being told that this is your pottery subject and you have to get onto the wheel for at least 45 minutes i remember i'm a horrible singer i remember the kind of torture i used to feel in my hindi classical singing class in school because i was so bad at it and and getting insulted by my classical my hindi teacher was not fun i wasn't about having to be insulted for something that i'm anyway uninterested in <laughs> right uh, you know <laughs> so i just and and that then affects your confidence then it affects yeah. your personality it affects how you see yourself and how others see yourself because when you get bullied by your teacher in class it somehow gives this 
sanction i feel to your peers to do the same thing so essentially what i'm saying is that i saw it in pang visa and i know that that's not achievable because they weren't scaling it it was a small school but that's that's the dream honestly because those kids had cute red cheeks and they were happy and they all had such striking personalities that i can't wait to see where they go but they were having a blast while also sharpening their minds to to raise a sharp degrees and that seemed unreal that's the thing that's what a beautiful thing. story yeah yeah we can just imagine yeah. that that like tarzan swinging from the ropes but the point is is that it goes against our entire educational system and for people to dare to do it i mean people if they heard this they'd be like you must be joking but you're hearing that from a gold medalist don't forget yeah that's that's the interesting part of it and i love how you're so curious and you want to learn and what i loved about everything you said was also beside your beautiful story is that how you are still searching for answers to bring this uh, awareness or this change in society making children the best version of themselves and that's really really beautiful uh, sanjana i love that about you and we'll send you all of the documents that we've taken this from because this stuff from the united nations has come from extremely heavy research and years and years of experimentation so i'll send you all of this you have it written Absolutely. and i mean i can't tell you how much it'll help me in my in my endeavors and and yeah. great. you know one of our dreams is to make one of the ways we feel that children can be brought to the best version of themselves or empowered to be confident and have their achieve their good potential is knowing their rights because if you know your rights you can stand up for them and not let them get violated so one of our goals sanjana is also to make human rights mandatory as a part of the education system so that people are educated enough to not just the upper higher privileged kids but also all the villages and especially where human rights are needed in india right absolutely Yeah, what you said is absolutely true, Sheena, and I completely agree with that. And about what we were talking about earlier, it's just hard to juggle the um importance of giving children the right to play with the importance of keeping them safe. Yeah, which makes me think of the American version of your character, Sanjana in Dil Bechara, how Hazel Lancaster's cancer made her not leave the house or sometimes actually even her bedroom, but then yeah. it did eventually lead her on an adventure beyond anything she would have experienced if she hadn't had that illness so let us pray that for all these children who've been locked up for so long that it eventually leads to something positive actually we would never have started this podcast sanjana if it hadn't been for the covid and uh, i saw on a tv interview that your way of dealing with covid stress was to really work hard with save the children to protect a million disadvantaged children who were worst hit by covid so it's always important to see how you can turn something bad into something positive yeah and absolutely there's so much power in that right because we know that honestly in the second wave especially here in india i haven't seen our people come together for each other in the way that they did strangers right for each other and from that i feel like i just hope we can extend it to even beyond covid relief work and can continue caring about each other in that way because half of the issues that we're discussing right now i think have the potential to be solved just by that human compassion for each other beautiful beautiful yeah the spirit we need to keep that and 
the care and the responsibility. We need to keep that in. Okay, let's take a quick look at the final points from the United Nations about overcoming the challenges to the right to play. So number eight, neglect of the right to play in development programs. Childhood care programs should include focusing on and training staff to support play, recreation, culture and the arts. Nine, the lack of investment in cultural and artistic opportunities for children. Art organizations need to make exhibitions and events with children in mind as well as commissioning and displaying art by children. 10. Growing role of electronic media. States should ensure equal opportunity to the internet and social media, but prevent cyberbullying and keep children away from violent video games which reduce sensitivity to pain of others. It's important to limit children's time spending watching TV or looking at phones or iPads because it takes away time in the playground and nature. And too much time spent looking at a screen has a negative effect on sleep, weight issues and other illnesses. And the last point, commercialization of play. Parents should be aware that the commercialization of toys and merchandise, including games that reduce the child to a passive observer, are not ideal. More emphasis should be placed on toys and games which encourage the child to participate in and create their own stories and ideas. And lastly, the United Nations also put forward the list of children requiring particular help to achieve the right to play. Number one, girls. Two, children living in poverty. Three, children with disabilities. Four, children in institutions. Five, children from native and minority communities. And six, children in situations of conflict, humanitarian and natural disasters. I love the United Nations, but these lists by them make me admire it for its deep wisdom. So thank you for that. So Sanjana, do you have any stories of your own about the importance of the right to play? Yeah, the interesting thing about that is I, when I look back at all of my experiences, I feel like it all comes down to, to that. It, it all comes down to truly just realizing the importance of the right to play. One of the things that is a story that I haven't really ever told, but I must hear is that I was, it was my 12th grade, which is our final year of high school in India. And 12th grade is also a particularly intimidating year because it's when we have to give what we call our board exams, which in a way are like the SAT which determine your university career. Wow. And these board exams are your one shot, right? So unlike the SAT, which you can take again, the 12th boards, you have your one shot at it. Whatever percentage you get is what is going to allow you to get into the college of your dreams or the college of your nightmare. <laughs> and so the pressure is unbelievable. And many, many stories in our national dailies are always clogged with the many extreme steps students have taken because of their inability to deal with that pressure. So like Sheena and Fraser, I don't know whether it was my principal and my mom feeling that I may overstudy because if I'm given six months to study for an exam that I know may determine the rest of my life in terms of my future of college etc I will just overdo it because of the kind of kid I was or it was them just being like let's see what happens and I'm saying that they were in this conflict because I shot a full-fledged feature film 
in the 12th grade four months before my board exams in a city in eastern india called jamshedpur which is where imtiaz actually hails from directed by imtiaz's younger brother sajid ali wow. and i went for two full months to shoot for this film in a completely new context living in a guest house with half my suitcase filled with my books where i used to courier exact test papers practice papers with my tutors and teachers back home in delhi because i was away on set but what i was doing there was creating art for 12 hours and then trying to study for like the little energy i had left for 2 to 3 yeah. hours and today feels that film it's been 7 years that film it's a film called banana which mm. has myself adarsh gorav who's played uh, the white tiger in priyanka chopra's production oh wow and uh, rohit saraf who who is another actor so fun it never released and it could have single handedly been the reason why i would have got the worst marks of my life in the boards and maybe never gotten into any college of repute but somehow i ended up doing well in the boards as well and i also realized for the rest of my life that performing is my true calling even though banana never released it was on that film i realized that this is really what makes me feel alive and play even though i don't know if i can categorize as banana as play because it was hardcore work but engaging in my passion for that art form is what made me realize what i want to do for the rest of my life and its failure didn't prevent me from not wanting to take it up beautiful well done yeah you know such, such a powerful such, story you know yeah such an important lesson and we all need to understand this about freedom giving people freedom and it, allowing people to to make mistakes like the united nations said the fact that there is some risk in play is actually an important part of play because you learn from that absolutely it's when you fall and scrape your knee and it bleeds a little that you learn how to fix it and get back up and that right. can't happen without without play and the little risk that it may come with even right i think that this is deeply understood in many ways in in indian culture because you have three idiots and so many films it this story is intertwined the need to realize the importance of of play and rest and too much pressure on only academic studies can backfire 100% 100% can and guilty as charged as an adult also in the entertainment industry for example i i really do dream of bringing in a culture where we realize that as it is for corporate employees it's as important for artists who work in such heavily commercialized industries that day off in a week is as important if not more for us with the kind of emotional and physical expelling of energy that we have to do at work switched on all the time a little bit of the lack of certain rules with respect to the separation between work and your personal life is very very thin or non-existent so that's something that i feel very starkly because i have enough friends who have a work life balance who are in the corporate world or running businesses of their own and i do feel that we as a community struggle with that and we need to bring those systems in 
Well, you need to realize that the right to play is important. Absolutely, because the thing is that when your work is play, then it's easy to work all the time. But you have to then give time to family, especially when you get into a condition of major success. Then it's even more important to make sure that you spend time with your family, make sure you don't disconnect from the people around you who are originally around you and take walks and and just separate yourself out from that intense kind of pressure. And Fraser, I may a little bit disagree where we may say that in this case, work is play because it's not, right? I think play is when there is no... There is no commercial value attached to that. There is no... That's when truly it's play. That's when it's recreational. That's when it's... So, yeah, when it's fun. I see Um, what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I love what you said, Sanjana, about bringing a new culture, you know, and there's a beautiful quote that sticks to my head, which is, a culture is as large as his dreams. And his dreams are really dreamt by artists because by doing the films you do, like for Hindi medium, and how much impact that had and the message it had and the the positive effect it had on society like you bring about a whole new culture so as artists it's not just a responsibility by dreaming and creating and through art bring about a whole new civilization yeah absolutely and for that artists have to feel like Fraser said connected at the same time liberated right otherwise yeah. the pressures of commitment and work can can completely take away that artistic side absolutely it's, the, it's absolutely. the opposite of the point you don't get into art for to stress and struggle you get into art for the beauty and for the communication and the love of it and yeah. so it's important to keep that yeah yeah when we did this talk, we thought that it was funny that you had chosen this right, Sanjana, because if your parents were to listen to this podcast, what would they think? Because we heard you say you'd get so excited about your exams because they meant you could study even more. And instead of your parents forcing you to study, they'd scream at you, take a rest. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. yeah, they're probably going to be like, don't agree. You know, this girl is, it's, it's, for me, the studying bit was play, but and and that's again because it was never about being top of class. I was, while there are a few accolades that you guys mentioned, there were also horror stories of how badly I've done in especially like the ninth and tenth grade, even though I used to study as much. So I really just used to do it because that world of knowledge made me feel liberated. So whatever makes you feel liberated, you know. Oh. Yeah. And imagine talking about the right to play. Imagine if, you know, it was the same for all children of the country, but unfortunately it's not. So let's look at the other side of the right to play, which is child labor. So the article 24 of the Indian constitution states that no child below the age of 14 shall be employed to work in any factory or mine or be employed in any hazardous employment. And India's Child Labor Act says, number one, A period of work shall not take longer than three hours and no child shall work for more than three hours before he has had a time for rest for at least an hour. Number two, inclusive of this rest, the period of work shall not be spread over more than six hours, including time spent waiting for work on any day. Number three, no child shall work between 7 p.m. and 8 a.m. Number four, no child shall work overtime. Number five, no child shall work in any place on any day on which he has already been working in another place. 
And number six, every child shall be allowed in each week a holiday of one whole day. So breaking this law is punishable with prison for no less than three months or up to one year or with a fine of no less than 10,000 or up to 20,000 or both. So a repeated offense is punishable with prison for no less than six months or up to two years. Thank you, Sheena. I think that this rule should be at least for 16-year-olds. I don't think any child below 14 should be working at all, but at least this is here as a minimum for now. But Sanjana, you are over 16, so we are going to really make you work now. Rapid fire round, start. Oh my gosh. Okay, Sanjana, what image first comes to your mind when you think of the right to play? Whoa, a stage comes to my mind. Great. Nice. Who's your human right hero and why? Oh my God, Michelle Obama. Good. Yeah, I, I just, um, her for me, becoming her book is a Bible, so. Wonderful. Great. All right, which animal best represents the right to play? <gasps> Dogs. Always. Great. Nice. um, Wait a minute, because you know Sakit Chowdhury, who we love. We completely love Sakit. And we what was it, Sheena? We asked him which animal best represents social security, and he said a penguin, was it? Penguin, (laughs) yes, penguin. (laughs) What's the best game you ever played? Oh my god. I would say life, but (laughs) Wow. Nice. Yes. That's the <laughs> best answer. Yeah, and then low-key table tennis. <laughs> What's the most relaxing thing you have experienced? Oh my God. This is obviously going to be an answer coming out of toxic productivity again. The joy of, of a scene going exactly how you want it to go. Uh, mm-hmm. yes. I can understand that. What's yeah. the best lesson you've learned from a time when you were playing? That failure is a non-existent concept because what it is, it's is you trying. And as long as you're trying, you're moving ahead. Beautiful. Jana, you are not just educated, you are wise. <laughs> She's very, 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 very intelligent. And I can't tell you how happy we are to have you on our show. And we've, I would say, one of the best conversations. But let me end the rapid fire. Sanjana, last question for me. Do you have a message of hope? for our listeners in these difficult days? Oh, I have a hug to give them to start with. Mm. And just a little bit of a message of hope is that in our lifetimes, we didn't ever see this coming. And if we've made it through this, there's too much strength in the fact that there, there's nothing that we can't make it out of. And that should just make us feel the strongest version of ourselves. So we got Beautiful. this. Yeah. We all need to hear that. And now Fraser has my favorite question of the day. What would the future be like if the right to play was 100% followed? Oh my God, rainbows and butterflies. The future would, it would mean a world that had less war, less hatred and a truly global interconnected world where we only grew from strength to strength. That's what the right to play being a reality can achieve for us, I think. Awesome. Beautiful. Awesome. Beautiful. And it's so wonderful to hear a tip-top topper like you saying that. You know, children are our future. And if we really give them this human right, 
then they will be able to freely, fully develop their personalities, creativity, innovation, compassion, intellect and leadership skills. And so lead us all into a bright new world where all of these rights in the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights become a reality and not just a dream. And while this last, yes, and while this last hour speaking with you, Sanjana, has been a dream, I must say that it's time to wake up because we've reached the end of the show. But our time dreaming with you has left us a little more awake to the possibilities for the future because there are people like you making it brighter. That's so, so kind. Thank you so much, Sheena. This isn't a dream that I wanted to wake up from for sure. I can do this for hours. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sanjana. Thank you, Sheena. I'd like to end by letting you know United for Human Rights provides free online human rights courses as well as delivers free curriculums to any school or university in the world. Please go to humanrights.com and start a course and tell any school or university you know to order their free curriculum. It's been so inspiring to hear Sanjana's stories, but now we want to hear yours. Please record a maximum 90-second video with stories of your points of view, struggles and successes to do with the right to play, and we'll upload them on our YouTube channel. And send us your The Right to Play artworks, drawings, poems, paintings, etc. We're running a contest to show our favorite chosen stories and artworks on the screen at the United Nations in New York next year. Email your videos and art to Fraser at the rate humanrights.com. That's F-R-A-S-E-R at the rate humanrights.com. Lastly, if you want to help spread awareness of basic rights and equality, get in touch. We need all the help we can get. Thank you again, Sanjana Sangi, for your inspiring words. Thank, Thank you, you so Sanjana. much for having me. Thank you, guys. Bye, Sanjana. Human rights define the word equality. If we don't respect and love each other, we're just living a lie. Because united starts with you and I. You feel me?
इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट